I have a friend, Chris, and his wife. They've been coming for the last several weeks. And Chris, this past week at work, he told me, he said, I kind of feel like, you know, you know, when you, on the weekend, you have this friend. And then when you go to school, you know, they're not really your friend. They're just kind of your acquaintance. He said, well, through the week, I feel like you're my friend. But on Sunday, you don't talk to me. He said, I feel like I'm just your acquaintance. So I told him from the pulpit, I'd talk to him. Hey, Chris, how you doing? Let me share a testimony real quick. Chris and his wife, they're really just babes in Christ. They, they, about a year and a half ago, they gave their hearts and lives to God. And they're, they're really just digging deeper into the word of God. And, you know, he wasn't raised in church in energy. And, and they, they didn't know anything about tithing. And I'm not, I'm not a prosperity preacher, but I am a tithing preacher. Amen. And so I began to talk to him about tithing. And see, we're in the car business. And um, so you better pay your tithes because it's all commission. And you're simply dependent on God. And um, actually, this past week, he really got a raise. God gave him a raise and gave him the desires of his heart. He put him back in a business that he was in. But Chris began to pay his tithes. In the first week he paid his tithes, his wife got laid off. They laid off three people on her job. But God was just testing them. He came back the next week, the next week, the next week, and continued to obey the word of God, continue to dig deeper into God's word, continue to trust in God. And she still, still as of this past week, last time I heard, doesn't have a job, but they've got money coming in from everywhere. I mean, he just got a raise. He just got put back in the job that he really wanted. She's got all kind of interviews lined up. And God is tremendously blessed in this family. Amen. God's, amen. God, God is true to his word. Hey, I can stand up here and lie to you and pray, pray to God I don't. But God can't lie. Amen. God absolutely cannot lie. As I said, I'm going to be ministering to you on the Holy Spirit. And at the conclusion, I'm going to, I'm going to end up with, with praying in tongues and speaking of the Holy Ghost. And I hope that doesn't make any of you uncomfortable. I hope that the way that the Spirit leads me to explain it, that you'll have a more and a greater understanding of that this morning. But I was talking to my kids about it last night. And I've been talking to them about it throughout the week. And, um, and I asked them, I said, now, when it comes... Children, when the children's church, when they come out here, I said, do y'all want to come out there? Do you want to be prayed, to be filled with the evidence of praying in other tongues? And they said, yeah, we do. And Jalen said, man, I want to fall out in the Holy Ghost because that's really cool. So, hey, if you want to, if the spirit knocks you out this morning, then knock yourself out. Amen. Let me read just two scriptures real quick. And I want you to put the picture up there this morning of that glacier. Matthew chapter 3, verse 11. <clears throat> this, is, this is in Matthew, and this is him repeating what John the Baptist had said, the forerunner of Jesus Christ. I baptize you with water, those who repent of their sins and turn to God. But someone is coming soon who is greater than I am. So much greater that I am not worthy even to be his slave and carry his sandals. Shouldn't we reverence Jesus like that? And listen to what he says. He will baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. Then, so Jesus comes. 
It comes all through the Gospels they write about him. And then he dies on the cross, he's resurrected, and he meets up with the disciples. And, and then in Acts, this is what he says. This is Jesus talking. Acts 1, 4 through 5. Do not leave Jerusalem until the Father sends you the gift he promised. As I told you before, John baptized with water, but in just a few days, in just a few days, you will be baptized with the Holy Ghost. Now listen to what he says. He says, the Father will send you the gift that he promised. This is your gift this morning. The Holy Spirit and the Holy Ghost is our gift. It is a promise from God. And I like to explain it this way. At Christmas time, there's a Christmas tree in many of y'all's houses. And all of y'all, y'all put Christmas presents underneath the tree. And you, and you write the name on there. And many of those Christmas presents underneath the tree, unless you're your parents and your grandparents, it seems like the older you get, the less presents you get. But your name is written underneath that tree on a present. Does that qualify that gift to be yours? Does anyone have to, on Christmas morning, when that present is put in front of you, does anyone have to give you permission to open that present? Amen. So, what the Father did, and what Jesus was telling the disciples here, nobody has to give you permission to open this present. But your name, each and every one of your names, in this congregation and across the world, your name has been written on this promise. Your name has been written on the present, on the promise of the Holy Ghost. And it is your gift to open this morning. The Bible tells us in John 7, 37 and 38, anyone who is thirsty can come to me, and anyone who believes can drink. Now, not everyone that comes to him drinks. But everyone who believes in him gets to drink. Amen. So this morning, if you will believe, if you will believe, then you are able to tap in to the power of the baptism of the Holy Ghost this morning in your life. Functioning in your family, in your finances, in your prayer life, in your ministry, in your marriage, in our community, in our schools, in this nation. The gift of the Holy Spirit is moving upon the face of the earth. It's a promise and it's a gift to us this morning. I said it's a promise and it's a gift to us this morning. And he he doesn't just... Now, the Holy Spirit... Now, listen. You see this glacier right here? Now, what do we see when we're out on the ocean or we're watching television? All we see is the top part, right? But look at the bottom part of this glacier. What, what, What would you say? Would you say that's... I would say it's seven to ten times bigger on the bottom than it is on the top. Compare that this morning. Just, it's all I have. But compare that to the magnitude of the Holy Ghost this morning. I'm not even going to begin, begin to scrape the surface of the Holy Spirit this morning. I'm not even going to begin to scrape the surface of the body of Christ and of individuals being filled with the Holy Ghost this morning. I'm not even going to begin to scrape it. But I'm going to sow a seed. Amen. I'm going to pray that that seed grows. I'm going to sow a seed and I'm going to water it to the best of my ability. Through the power of the Holy Ghost this morning. He said that he wants to baptize us. Now, when you get baptized in water, you're absolutely soaking wet. 
They don't just baptize at the top of your body, but they absolutely, they submerge you. They drown you in the water. So the Holy Spirit this morning wants to drown us. Wants to drown the flesh. And completely submerge us. Let me just give you, this is, this is just a definition. My definition of the Holy Ghost this morning. The Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit, is the Spirit of God. It is the third person in the Trinity. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. The working of the Holy Ghost is He draws and He woos us into an intimate relationship with the Father and the Son. Why do we need the Holy Ghost? Because it draws us and it woos us into a deeper understanding of the Father and of the Son. In Romans 8 and Galatians 4, he reveals our sonship, declaring the Father as Abba Father. The best translation that I can give you of Abba Father is Daddy, Daddy. The Holy Spirit reveals to me and to you that we are not slaves, but that we are children of an almighty God. The Holy Spirit empowers me that when I fall to my knees, that I am not praying as a slave, I am not pleading, and I am not begging, but I am coming with authority, I am coming with sonship, I am coming with sonship, I am coming under the covenant through Jesus Christ, I have been bought, and I come to Him, Daddy, Daddy. In Romans 5, He leads us into the passionate love that the Father and the Son has for us. He reveals to us the Spirit that why we were yet sinners, that Jesus Christ loves us. The Spirit reveals the heart of the Father. He declares and He releases all that He has heard and all that He is hearing from the Son. He is a messenger from heaven that is falling and that is manifesting Himself and is speaking in an audible voice and into the Spirit, into the heart of mankind. He is speaking from pulpits. He is speaking from from books, he is speaking from, from tapes, he is speaking from television. The Holy Spirit feels us and speaks and declares what is being spoken in the heavenly realms and declares it into the heart of the people. Always, the Spirit always leads us to Christ. The Spirit of God will always lead us to Christ. The Spirit is not selfish. The Spirit of God is not egoistic. The Spirit of God is humble. The Spirit of God is a gentleman. The Spirit of God is moving this morning. He is the power of God abiding in the earth. I once, I, I know that there's been several books that people said they went to heaven and they come back. But I really like what this, this man said. The man, he said that he went to heaven and he came back. And they asked him about Jesus and he spoke about Jesus. They asked him about God and he spoke about God. They asked him about the Holy Spirit. He said, I don't know, he wasn't there. I believe that. Did you ask where he was? Yeah, I asked where he was. Where was he? They said he was on the earth. Hey, that's, that's real stuff. That's good stuff. The Spirit of God is the power of God abiding in the earth. He is the manifestation of the living Word of God being manifested in your family, in your home, and in your hell. He is the living Word of God being manifested
invested in your life, in your marriage, in your children, in your health. He is the working of power. He is the kingdom of God invading the earth as it invades, as it invades the heaven. He is the character of God. He is the fullness of God. And He wants to possess us. He wants to consume us, devour us. He wants to clothe us and baptize us. In Luke 24 and 49, Jesus told the disciples, he said, wait in the city of Jerusalem until the Holy Spirit clothes you. Until the Holy Spirit clothes you. Until the Holy Spirit comes upon you. One of the greatest purposes of the Holy Spirit is to fill us. That we may take on the full character. Listen, one of the greatest purposes of the Holy Spirit is to fill us. Why? So that we can take on the character of God. So that we can take on the image of our Father and the image of our Son. The Bible says that we were made in His image, but not all of us act like Him. You may, we may be made in His image, but our character has to be made in His image. See, you thought I was going to preach about signs, wonders, and miracles this morning, didn't you? I'm about to confuse a lot of you if that's what you thought. Now listen, speaking in tongues is just the beginning. Listen to what God told me. God told me, he said... In the first four months of this year, the first quarter, the first three months, the first quarter of this year, he said, I'm going to test the church's character. He said, I'm going to test them. I'm going to test them as individuals. I'm going to test them as a body. The first three months. But if they pass the test of seekers of my presence, if they pass the test, then in the month of April, I begin to manifest my promises over the church. Let me tell you something. This is the last Sunday of this last quarter, okay? And if you will receive this and you will walk in this word, if this thing gets inside of you this morning, if this thing gets inside of your spirit this morning and you become one with it, you know what next Sunday is? April 1st. And God don't believe in April Fool's. I'm telling you, this thing's about to explode if we will get the Word of God inside of us. Speaking in tongues, it's just the beginning. Now, being filled with the, with the Holy Ghost and speaking in tongues, it's not... Many people say it's the evidence, but it's not the evidence. It's a evidence. If it's the evidence, then you tell me why the Baptist people that don't speak in tongues are moving in the gifts of the Spirit. Explain that to me. Explain to me why the Baptist people that don't believe in speaking in tongues are moving in the get in the um, in the um, the fruit of the spirit in the character of the spirit if they don't speak in tongues, because it's not it, it's it's not the evidence it's a evidence but it is a evidence that we believe in and there is a purpose for it and I'm not preaching against about speaking in tongues I'm kind of like Paul I, I I like to believe that man I pray in tongues more than anybody sometimes I think, say God man if you just give me some English. It's just the beginning. But listen, I believe this about speaking in tongues. I believe that it is the gateway to the fullness of the Spirit. 
I believe that praying in tongues, I believe that we see it in Acts, that when they were filled with the evidence of praying in other tongues, that it was the gateway to working in the fullness of the Spirit of God. It is the beginning of the power of God working in an individual. The problem with the charismatic church, we get people to speak in tongues and that's all. That's been our failure. We get you, even on our, we got a, we got a report of the church of God and I got to fill it out every month. And they ask, how many people were filled with the evidence of praying in other tongues? And I, and they want me to fill it out. But they never ask me how many people were filled with the Holy Ghost, with the gifts and the character and the fruit of the Spirit. We cannot forget about the gifts and we cannot forget about the fruit and just pray in tongues. That's good preaching. Speaking in tongues is not the pinnacle, but it's the beginning. I said speaking in tongues is not the pinnacle. It's not the greatest, but it's the beginning. It's the gateway. It is the gateway into the fruit, into the character of God. And it is the beginning and the gateway into the manifestation of God's living word inside of us. Listen to this. If we just speak in tongues and have no power of God, if we just speak in tongues and have no character of God, we're just simply bilingual. We've got to let God out of the box when it comes to the Holy Spirit. Don't get self-righteous on me and say, I don't have God in the box. Yes, you do. Because if we didn't have God in the box, then we would be seeing the fruit of the Spirit working. Listen, hey. We'd be seeing the gifts of the Spirit. People don't reject us because we speak in tongues. They may say, I don't want to go to your church because you speak in tongues. I don't believe that. They reject us, if truth be known, because we don't walk in the fruit and the character of the Spirit. Because when the fruit and the character of the Spirit's in your life, it don't matter if you speak in tongues all day all day long, because you are giving the world what they want and what they desire, and that's someone to love them. <laughs> Whoa! Man, that's good stuff. We've got to let God out of the box and let the Holy Spirit baptize us with the fullness of the Holy Ghost. (laughs) Woo! Hey, one of the first things I seen in Acts chapter 2, one of the first things I seen was these people were seekers of the presence of God. We must seek God. God told me to dream this past week. God gave me a dream. And this is what God spoke. The Holy Spirit spoke this to me. And he said, tell the church to stop waiting and start seeking. The church is in a waiting mode. We have been in a waiting mode. He told the disciples, he said, go to Jerusalem and wait on the Holy Spirit. That when the Holy Spirit comes, then you start acting. And when the Holy Spirit came, they began to act in the character and the fruit and the gifts of the Spirit. They acted so much that they took a book of 28 chapters and wrote it about them and named it Acts. Because they acted out. They acted out the Spirit of God. We must be seekers. We must get out of the waiting mode. You are not waiting on the Holy Spirit to come anymore. I am not waiting on the Holy Spirit to come anymore. But the Holy Spirit is waiting on me to live a consecrated life and seek Him. 
Listen, 1 Corinthians 14 and 1 says, let love be your highest goal, but you should also, but you should also desire the special abilities the Spirit gives, especially the ability to prophesy. But you should desire the special ability the Spirit gives. In Acts 2, these people, they were hungry. They were desperate. Hey, you can start church at 7 o'clock. You can start church at 10.30. And I don't care how long you go, I'm not leaving. Hmm. How many times do you rush out of your prayer closet? How many times do you rush out of your Bible study? Why don't we see the fullness of God, the fullness of the Spirit of God? I'm talking about the Spirit of God here. Why don't we see it? Because we don't seek it like they sought it. That was their life. That's all they did. Hey, I understand you got to work. Pray on the job. I constantly got people interrupting me, don't I, Chris? Interrupt me. Because I'm praying on the job. I'm seeking God. Seek God. They were hungry. They were desperate people seeking God. God gave them a promise. God has given us a promise this morning. They were seeking not an empty, not an empty promise. They were seeking a full promise. A promise that someone died for. Do you know that Jesus Christ died for this promise? Jesus Christ died for this promise. He said, when I go, I'll send the comfort. I'll send the Holy Spirit to fill you. Listen, the Bible says he gives bread to the hungry. Right? Who does he give bread to? Who? Does he give bread to the fool? No, he gives bread to the hungry. Why did he give bread? Why did he give the Holy Spirit to that upper room bunch? They were hungry. They were seekers of his presence. This is what Lester Strumwall said. That's not what he said. Lester Summerall said the Holy Spirit is not a rock and chair ministry. The Holy Spirit is not a rock and chair gift. The Holy Spirit will not fill complacent people. <clears throat> How many is comfortable just coming to church, just staying for a little bit and going home and your life not being changed? How many is comfortable with your family's life not being changed? These people in Acts, they turn the, they turn the city upside down. Look at this. The next thing I want to point out about these people, they were unified. Wow. They were unified. We must seek Him in unity. Acts 2 and 1 said, they were all with one accord in one place. In order for the Spirit to fill the church, there must be unity. If we are divided, if you take this church and you divide this side from this side and you divide us down the middle with two different visions, then what's going to happen? Nothing. Are you going to get your vision? No. Are you going to get your vision? No. Because there's no unity. A hundred and, that history tells us they start out with 500 people. 500 people they start out with and they dwindle down all the way to 120 people. Why did he finally fall on 120 people? Why didn't he fall on 500 people? Because he's not concerned about the numbers. He's concerned about the unity. (laughs) 
They were all in one mind. Now I want to begin to get into some unity. Listen, if we come in here in this house on Sunday morning and this praise and worship team and they get up here and they begin to lead us in praise and worship and half of the people are sitting down, half of the people are down here and half of the people are mad because the music too loud and half the people don't like the song and half the people don't like me. So I'd throw that in there. Then we're not unified. And the Spirit of God can't sit down where there's no unity. What was the last prayer in John 17 that Jesus prayed? He prayed that they would be unified as the Father and the Son. You see the Son, you've seen the Father. You see the Father, you see the Son. He told his parents, Jesus, he said, Didn't you know? Why did you even look? Didn't you know I must be in my Father's house? Where the Father is, I am. And he prays that we would be unified like that. That we would be seeking God. All in one mind, in one accord. I'm telling you, if we'll get unity, where does unity start at? Unity starts right here in our pastor, at the pulpit. If we will grab his vision, and we will run with his vision, and we will unify ourselves with him. If you can't unify yourself with him, then we bless you. We bless you, and we'll pray that God will change your heart. But if you can't unify yourself with the pastor, then maybe you're in the wrong place. We have to unify. We have to unify in this house. I don't care if you've got 500, 120, or if you've got 20 people. If you get unity in the house, unity in worship, unity in praise, unity in obedience, then the Spirit of God will fall. And unity brings growth. They had 120 that morning, and that night they had 3,120. Unity grows. One of the greatest purposes of being baptized in the Holy Ghost, listen to this, is power for kingdom service. One of the greatest purposes of being filled with the Holy Ghost is power for kingdom service. It is power to witness and power to be a servant to others. That is the, one of the greatest abilities that the Spirit, when the Spirit fills the body, one of the greatest abilities is for us to serve in the kingdom of God. To be a witness and to be a servant to others. Let me tell you something. The Holy Spirit demonstrates. See, the Pharisees, they would put rules and regulations and they would put demands on the people, but they were not even willing to obey them themselves, Jared. That the Holy Spirit is willing to do anything that he tells you to do. I love that about God. I said, he is willing to anything he calls you to do, he is willing to do himself. You see, in the car business, they want us to demonstrate the car. I hate it. I would assume someone else demonstrated and bring them to my office and let me talk to them. But they want me to go out there and explain all this stuff about the car. I've been telling customers the same thing for nine years. This, this is the crumble zone right here, and if you hit something too hard, the motor will fall out that way. Don't go in on your legs. I think it's way more advanced than that now, but hey, nine years ago, it worked. Demonstration, but I had to demonstrate the vehicle. The Holy Spirit is calling, filling the church that we may demonstrate God to a nation. The Holy Spirit fills us that we may demonstrate God to hurting and dying people. I heard a preacher say the other day, I would like for one time for me to turn television on and someone saying, we're taking up an offering for the poor. Wow. 
That's what you call demonstration of the Holy Spirit working inside of you. The Holy Spirit, it acts. It says and it proves God. The Holy Spirit will prove God. By the power of the Holy Spirit, he's, 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 he's active. He's not inactive. He, the Holy Spirit is not idle. The Holy Spirit didn't baptize him on the day of Pentecost and, all of, and ever since then be unactive. No, he is proactive and he's constantly moving. Look at this. The first time we see him is in Genesis 1 and 2. In the second verse of the Bible, we see the Spirit in the first time. And this is what it says. And the earth was without form and void and darkness was upon the face of the deep and the Spirit Spirit of God moved upon the face of the water. The very first time we see the Spirit, what is the Spirit doing? The Spirit is moving. The Spirit is demonstrating. The Spirit is bringing the manifestation of God's holy word to life. I'm telling you, the earth in the spiritual realm is just like it was in Genesis 1 and 2. The earth is without form, the earth is void, and there is darkness upon the lives and the hearts of the people. What do they need? They need a Holy Ghost church, Holy Ghost baptized people, submerged and endowed and clothed with the Spirit of God to walk into the empty and the void and the darkness place of the earth and begin to demonstrate the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God fills us that we may demonstrate servanthood, that we may demonstrate a witnessing and a light to a lost and dying world. Turn to Acts 1 and 8. Someone claps, I'll get drunk. That was weak. Someone clap for God so I can get a drink. That was better. Acts 1 and 8. This is powerful. Acts 1 and 8. This is the first thing. The first, this is the first thing that Christ establishes in Acts. It's the first thing that God establishes. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witness. And you will be my witness telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judah and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Jerusalem represents the religious people. You'll be a witness to the religious people to break them out of religion and break them out of tradition. Judah represents those that have been rejected. Those that have been pushed out of the kingdom. You will, you will reach those that have been hurt and that have been downcasted. And Samaritan, you know what it represents? It represents the dirty people of the world. It represents the sinful people of the world. It represents those that nobody else wants because of evil and wickedness. But the power of the Holy Ghost, when the power of the Holy Ghost fills us, he says that we will be witnesses. The purpose of the of the Holy Ghost filling us is to advance the kingdom of God one soul at a time through the ministry of Jesus Christ. We have lost our burden for soul winning. I really hope that sinks in. We have lost our burden for soul winning. And that's 
I believe the number one thing of the power of the Holy Spirit is to be a witness. What did, what did they need the Spirit for? They need the Spirit because they were about to rapidly, rapidly spread Jesus to a lost and dying world. They were about to go on a rampage. They were about to go on a mission. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus is the Messiah. He's the Son of God. He died on the cross. He was resurrected on the third day. And He washes away sins. This thing's not about you and it's not about me. I don't live for myself. I don't die for myself. You don't live for yourself. You don't die for yourself. If we live and die, it's simply to bring glory to God. You know what I live for? I live to advance the kingdom of God. And the only way I can do that is through the infilling of the Holy Spirit. We must become servants. We must become witnesses. Let me tell you something. It's not about falling out in the Spirit. It's not, it's not about good preaching. It's not about good singing. It's not about numbers. It's not about titles. It's not about any of that. But it's about the kingdom of God. He told them, wait in Jerusalem. It's not even about speaking in tongues. He told them, wait in Jerusalem until the Holy Spirit comes. He didn't say, wait in Jerusalem until you speak in tongues and then leave and go on about your life. He said, wait in Jerusalem until you are filled with the Holy Holy Spirit with the power to be a witness and to be a servant of God. What happened? Y'all were preaching with me about 20 minutes ago. The Holy Ghost wants to win souls. (laughs) Hey, some of you may have forgot that you were a soul at one time that needed winning. In the first day, the Holy Ghost, the ministry of Jesus Christ, leads 3,000 to the cross by the power of the Holy Spirit. When the Holy Spirit comes on you, He fills us with the power and the boldness to be a witness, power to serve others. The Spirit releases supernatural service for others. The Spirit of God will release a supernatural boldness, a supernatural power in you to be a witness. He told the, he told the disciples, I'm going to send the Holy Spirit and you're going to be stand before governors, you're going to stand before judge, you're going to stand before courtrooms, but don't worry about what to say because Because the Holy Spirit will fill your mouth with what to say. Peter had never stood up. The last time you saw him, one of the last times, he was sitting down around the fire. He was cursing Jesus. I never knew him. And then you see him in Acts, and he's standing up, opening his mouth. He did not have a knowledge of this. He did not have the understanding. But he stood up with the power of the Holy Ghost, and it equipped him, and he led 3,000 people. I want a teenager. I want an adult to stand up on the street corner to stand up in your school by the power of the Holy Ghost and witness witness my God let the Holy Ghost baptize us many people don't want the side of the spirit they just want the gifts of the spirit but God told me a few months back he said if you want my gifts then you must eat my fruit If you want my gifts, then you must take on my character. You must eat my fruit. Here's the fruit. Here's the fruit of the Spirit. There's there's gifts of the Spirit and then there's fruits of the Spirit. The Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. There is no law against these. The Holy Spirit's kind. Do you hear me? The Holy Spirit's loving. The Holy Spirit's gentle. 
The Holy Spirit shows self-control. The Holy Spirit is goodness. The Holy Spirit is joy. We must be filled and baptized with the character and with the fruit of the Spirit. Amen? If we want to draw them in and we want to win them, then we must be baptized. We must fall to our knees and pray, God, baptize me. Baptize me with love. Baptize me with peace. Baptize me with joy. Baptize me with kindness. Baptize me with gentleness. Baptize me with self-control. Baptize me. Change my character. Change my character. I heard a man say, once if you get saved, your dog ought to know you're saved. Acts 1 and 8, it is a mission of the Holy Ghost. It's a mission to be a witness. It is a mission. Listen, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, it is a mission to impact our culture. Amen? We must, we must not give in to our culture, but we must turn the culture around. And the only way we can turn the culture around, the only way that America will see revival, and that is being baptized with the Holy Ghost. The Spirit isn't about good church service. It's it's about changing lives through the ministry of Jesus Christ. We must impact the world. They didn't listen. They didn't even have a Bible. And now, how many how many translations we got? I think I got about twenty on my phone. I think I got about twenty translations on my phone, and I haven't never won three thousand people to Christ. I didn't win anybody to Christ last. I'm, I'm embarrassed to tell you, last month I didn't win anybody to Christ. They didn't even have a Bible. They didn't even have a Bible. And we got about 20 of them. We got Matthew Henry, Strong Concordance, Tapes, TBN. We got Word Network. We got it all over the place. We are over-consumed with Jesus and a knowledge and understanding through writings and through television and how many people are we winning to Jesus. That's truth. I'm not being mean. It's truth. We are missing. The charismatic movement has missed the function of the Holy Ghost. Now that's truth. Listen, this is what I want to do. This is my vision. And it would be pastor's vision too. Because it's, it's awesome. <laughs> hey. How about this? How about this? How about we serve the fruit of the Spirit in one hand? We serve the character of the Spirit in one hand. And with the other, let the power and the gifts of the Spirit flow. Lead with the character. I said lead with the character of the Spirit. And follow with the other hand with letting the power and the gifts flow. That's beautiful. Now I'm going to get on the power of the Holy Ghost. I declare that the power of the Holy Ghost and the gifts of the Spirit would awaken in this church. I declare that it would awaken in the name of Jesus Christ. I declare that over the body of Christ and over the church as a whole and over the American church, I declare in the name of Jesus Christ that the gift of prophecy would awaken again. I declare in the name of Jesus Christ that the word of wisdom and the word of knowledge would come alive in the body of Christ again. I declare that the message in tongues and the interpretation of the tongues would begin to flow in the body of Christ again. I declare that the gift of healing would begin to flow, that marriages would be healed, that children would be healed, that backslidden conditions would be healed in the name of Jesus Christ. I declare that signs and wonders and miracles would begin to flow again. I declare that they would go back and they would say, let me tell you what I've seen. Let me tell you what I see. The blind see, the lame walk, the crippled are made whole, the blinded eyes are open, and the dead are raised to life, and the good news is being preached to the poor, and all who receive this good news is saved from eternal 
eternal damnation. I declare that the gift of faith, the gift of the faith, would begin to move in the body of Christ again. I pray today that the spirit and the power and the gifts of God would awaken in your life, would awaken in your heart, would awaken in your spirit, and we would begin to desire and seek the fruit and the gifts of the spirit again in the body of Christ. Let an awakening break out. God spoke to me and said, in the year 2012, I have set up the order and I've set up the authority. In the year, year 2012, I'm sending a fresh anointing. I'm sending a fresh anointing on the church. I'm sending a fresh anointing on the believers. On believers. Not everyone in the church is believers. But those who will believe will drink and they from their bellies will flow rivers of living waters. God is coming with a mighty awakening and a shaking in this nation again. By the character, by the fruit, by the baptism and the gifts of the Holy Spirit. In Romans 8 and 11, the Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead now lives in me. Did you hear that? You know what lives inside of me? Do you know what lives inside of you? The Spirit of God on the third day that rolled the tomb away and called Jesus of Nazareth out of the tomb. That Spirit now lives in me and lives in you. So I have the authority to speak life. My God. I have the power to speak life. The same Spirit of God that said, let there be light, and there was light, is the same Spirit of God living inside of me. I have the power to call those things that are not as though they were through the baptism of the Holy Ghost. In Acts 6, you know what? They were looking for people. They were looking for men that could distribute the food and pass out the food. And so this is what they said. Everyone liked the idea, and they chose the following. Stephen, a man full of faith and the Holy Spirit. You like that? Hey, that's what it says. Stephen, a man full of faith and the Holy Spirit. In verse 8, and Stephen, full of faith and the power of the Holy Ghost, did great wonders and signs among the people. Listen, the working of the fruit of the Spirit, it is a choice. It is an act of our own will. Do you hear me? When we work in the fruit of the Spirit, it is an act and it's a choice of our own will. Because I don't always want to love. You know what I'm talking about. I don't always want to be kind. My spirit does, but my flesh. You see, my flesh doesn't get saved. Paul said I had to die daily to the flesh. Sometimes I have to kill it two and three and four and five ten times a day. The fruit of the spirit is a choice. But the gifts of the spirit, which represent, I believe, the the power of the spirit, how does it come? It comes by prayer, faith, and fasting. And I'm going to prove it to you. In Luke 1, when Jesus was about to go into the wilderness, this is what it said. Jesus was full of the Spirit. And He was led by the Spirit. Okay? So, before He goes into the wilderness, it says that He was full of the Spirit. And He was led by the Spirit, okay? But then He goes into the wilderness and He prays. He prays for 40 days. He cries out to God and He prays for strength for 40 days. 
What else does he do for 40 days? For 40 days, he works on his faith. Because faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. So the more the word of God you devour, then the greater your faith begins, right? What did he do when the devil came to him three times? He quoted the word of God. So what was he doing? He was meditating on the word of God for 40 days, activating his faith. So he prayed, he fasted, and he believed. He worked on his faith for 40 days. So when he comes out of the wilderness, remember when he went in, it said that he was full of the Spirit and led by the Spirit. But then when he comes out after 40 days of prayer, fasting, and believing, it says this in Luke 14 and 4. Jesus was filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. When he went in, it says that he was full of it. But when he came out, he was full of the power. Hey, Jesus was a human body just like we were. Do you hear me? Jesus was just a man without the Holy Spirit. And some of you may not believe that, but I do. Because the only way, if he, if, if he was more than a man, if he was more than a man later on this earth, then that takes the power away from what he did. <clears throat> Listen, we must burn with the Spirit. He baptizes us in the Holy Ghost and with fire. We must burn with the Spirit and fire. We must burn in the Holy Ghost until our church, our homes, our schools, and our jobs catch on fire with the Holy Ghost. Listen, if you were born in the fire, refuse to live in the smoke. Let me say that again. If you were born in the fire, then refuse to live in the smoke. We got a lot of people that were born in the fire, and now they're living in the smoke. I ain't going to live in the smoke. You hear me? I'm going to live smack dab in the middle of the fire. We must cherish the Holy Spirit. I'm about to close, I think. I really am. We must cherish the Holy Spirit. Listen to what David said. When David sinned in Psalms 51, you know what he said? He said, do not take your spirit from me. He cherished it. He realized he made a mistake. And he said, do not take your spirit from me. When the spirit begins to move, we must not quench him. Many times when the spirit makes us uncomfortable. Many times when the spirit speaks a word into our life. Many times when he makes us uncomfortable. And he begins to call for our flesh to die. We begin to, we will not. And he says, let's move, let's move. We quench him when we do not move. We must not grieve the spirit by the way that we live. Now, I'm about to get on speaking in tongues, okay? The people wanted to be filled. After they, after they heard them speaking in other tongues. After they heard them. And listen, for those of you that aren't filled with the Holy Ghost and you want to be filled with the Holy Ghost with speaking in other tongues this morning, one thing you must realize is you won't sound like me, you won't sound like the person beside you, but it's your own special prayer language. Because when the people there in the city, when they came and they heard them speaking in tongues, it said that they were speaking in this language, in this language, in this language, in this language, and they all understood them. But they were convicted and they said, Peter, how do we get the fullness of the Holy Ghost? I want what y'all have. I want that power. I want the character. I want the power. I want the fruit. I want the gifts. And I want to pray in tongues. This is what Peter says in Acts 2, 37 and 39. Peter's words pierced their hearts. And they said to him and to the other apostles, brothers, what should we do? And this is what Peter replied. Each of you must repent of your sins and turn to God and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. Then you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. What do we do? If you want to be filled with the Holy Ghost in your life and you want to be filled with the evidence of praying in other tongues, you want to be filled with the character and the gifts of God, what do we do? We must repent. 
Because we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. But if we are unclean, then the Holy Spirit can't dwell inside of us. And they said, what do we do? And they said, you must repent. We cannot deal with, we cannot compromise sin. Do you hear me? You cannot compromise with sin, but you must deal with it. And Peter was saying, hey, listen, all you've got to do, you've got to deal with sin. You see, to repent is not to ask for forgiveness. You hear me? To repent is to do this. See you later. Get it out of your life. Get it out of your way. So he said, you must repent and you must turn from your sins. And then what happens? You feel the Holy Ghost. This is not hard this morning. It's not hard to walk in the character of God. It's not hard to walk in the fruit. It's not hard to walk in the gifts. The Word of God tells us in Mark 16, it says that the gifts should follow the believers. I don't chase the gifts. They chase me. I don't chase the gifts. They chase faith. Wherever there's faith is, then you can bet on the gifts being there. That's good. It's just faith. This is not hard this morning. Peter said, hey, it's not hard. You repent of your sins. Don't just ask for forgiveness, but repent, turn around, change your life, come to the cross, ask Jesus to wash your sins away, and you'll be baptized. Now, speaking in tongues is just the open door. You have to continue to grow. You have to continue to let your roots grow down into God. Amen? You have to continue to read the Word. You have to continue to fast. Can I get some music, please? I want these kids to come out here, and I want to point out just a few things about praying in tongues. How many, how many has been blessed here this morning? I mean, believe that God has spoken to us. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Let's just worship the Lord for a moment. Just raise your hands. Father, we honor you this morning. We honor your presence and we humble. We humbly seek you this morning. God, we're not just up here. I'm just not up here preaching a sermon. These people aren't here just for a sermon this morning. But we're here for a move of God. We are sick of the routines. We're sick of tradition. We're sick of it, God. And we are declaring a move of God this morning. We're declaring the fullness of God. You see, God, we receive you as our Father. We receive you, Jesus Christ, our bridegroom. And this morning, through the understanding and through the growth of the Holy Spirit, we're declaring and we're believing this morning for a healing. For an infilling, a refilling of the Holy Ghost this morning. We're declaring it this morning in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Children, this morning, if you just come and sit down right here. Children, if you come this morning, just sit right here. Oh, we're about to challenge these, teen, these um, adults this morning. Look at this. You know what Lisa's been teaching about this morning? The Holy Ghost and speaking in tongues. You know what these kids, you know what this symbolized? They told her back there that I want to be filled with the Holy Ghost. That's what they said. Now I want to point out something real quick for all, for all the deception and the lies of the enemy. First of all, speaking in tongues is for all flesh. It is for everyone. In Acts 2 and 7 it says in the last days I should pour out my spirit upon all flesh in Acts 2 and 39 it says this promise is to you and to your children and even to the Gentiles 
It's not just for the Jews, it's for the Gentiles. In Acts chapter 10, Cornelius, Peter went to his house and the whole house was filled with the Holy Ghost. And Peter told, told the other disciples, the apostles, he said it was just like on the day of Pentecost when God filled the Jews. So I declare to you this morning that it is for everyone. It's for everyone. It's for all flesh. Speak it in tongues. Now listen, here's one of the greatest lies of speaking in tongues. And I fought with it for a long time. When we are filled with the Holy Ghost. When we are filled with the Holy Ghost. Now, there's no difference. This Holy Ghost, it works in the same way. How does the character of the Holy Ghost work? We act, right? We act out love. We act out peace. We act out joy, right? That's how the fruit works. How does the gift work? The gifts work through faith. Where does the faith come? We act it out. The same with the Holy Spirit and speaking in other tongues. The Holy Spirit doesn't come and take over your mouth. And that's where a lot of people never get to be filled with that evidence of speaking in other tongues. Because they simply think that the Holy Spirit takes over your mouth and it doesn't. Now, I'm going to explain it to you this way because it's what the Holy Spirit spoke to me. The Holy Spirit, let me, let me say it like this. It's kind of like, let's say it's like a thought. Okay? It's like a thought in your mind. You have a thought here inside of your mind. How does that thought get out of your mind? Through your mouth. Your mind doesn't speak the thought, does it? Does your mind, has your mind ever spoke a thought? No. It was, it was through your mouth. Now, if your mouth doesn't speak the thought, does that mean the thought's not there? No, the thought's still there. It's still inside your mind. But you have to put for the action and you have to speak it out. Same way with the Holy Spirit. I believe that the Holy Spirit this morning, if you are, if you have accepted Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior, and you have a hungry heart, the Holy Spirit's going to fill you this morning. The Holy Spirit's going to fill you this morning. But the only way the Holy Spirit with the evidence of other tongues is going to come forth and be manifest in your life is if you open your mouth and you put for the syllables. Well, that don't sound right. It's because of the deception or lie of the enemy. You see, this is a love exchange. This isn't God doing all the work, but it's us doing the work too. My mom and dad doesn't buy me a present and give me a promise and open it for me and give it to me. I have to open it. I have to open it. So this morning, this is how, when I got filled with the Holy Ghost, this is my experience. We were all on a pew. Y'all remember the altar? Y'all remember the altars? And And I was at the very end. And I was the youngest one there. I believe I was seven or eight years old. And I, and I asked Jesus Christ into my heart a year before. And I, and my uncle Jeff, he preached on the power of the Holy Ghost and being filled with it, with the evidence of praying in other tongues. And I saw it and I saw it and I just raised my hands. And I remember forgetting about everything else around me. And as the Holy Spirit filled me, I just began to speak. I began to just put forth the syllables. Now your, 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 your chin, your, your tongue, it's going to start shivering. Because when the power of the Holy Ghost comes upon you, it just—it comes on you. It comes on you. It's come on me a few times this morning. And we, by faith, we say, that's my promise, my gift. And we just, by faith, we just begin to speak. But we don't just speak it today. We pray tomorrow that we continue to increase. Now, what is the purpose of this? What is the purpose? Why do I, why, why do you encourage me? And why do you encourage me to speak in tongues? Because it is a prayer language that connects you with God like nothing else. 
If you start speaking Spanish this morning, I won't be able to understand you. If you start praying in the Holy Spirit this morning, the devil won't be able to understand you. Do you hear me? The Bible tells us in Romans 8 and 26 that the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. What is the the Holy Spirit helps us in our human weakness? And it says, for example, when you don't know how to pray, the Holy Spirit prays through you with utterance that cannot be expressed or explained in words. So what is the purpose? The purpose is for our prayer language. The purpose is for our prayer language to go to the next level. It is a prayer relationship with the Heavenly Father. And nothing will connect you with the Father like praying in the Holy Ghost. The Holy Spirit, when we pray in the Holy Spirit, it releases a power into our natural life that causes the natural life in the natural circumstances to give way to the supernatural power of God. When you open up your mouth and you begin to pray in the power of the fullness of speaking in the tongues, it is like opening up the heavens and flowing. That is the purpose of it. That's the purpose of it. 